Hi everyone, welcome back to the Finding Genius video series. I'm here with Alon Block of K Health, which recently closed a $42 million Series D. Um, and Alon, I'm, I'm I'm glad you're here with us. Thank you. Thanks for having me, Kunal. Uh, Alon, could you briefly describe K Health? And I, I know you spoke about it publicly, but you've hired as many mathematicians as positions on your staff. So I, I think that gives some sense of the value that you're trying to create in the healthcare system. Uh, but it'd be great to just have a better overview of the company. Yeah, look, K started out of a bet that we can train a machine to understand the language of medicine, that we can change healthcare and medicine by building better ways for people to access health information. Um, but make it relevant, make it reliable, and make it very, very specific to them. Um, and so that's how we started. We started with, uh, we licensed a very large data set of a vertically integrated um, HMO pair provider called Maccabi. Um, they're out in Israel and they have their own um, doctors, their own captive lab, captive drugstore, hospitals on a single EMR. And people don't switch much. So we're able to license 20 years of data um, for a population of a little bit over 2 million people and uh, be able to look at this anonymous data. That opened up a door for us to be able to do many different things. We chose to focus on that first diagnostic visit, on that primary care visit. And we've since then ex expanded that into chronic care and we'll go into all the conditions in the world. Um, but we also have, so we have this app it's based on this data and based on the medical ontology and classifiers that we built there. Um, and that app is free in the US and we have about 4 million users who use us, use us in the US. But we also have um, a services layer that sits on top of the app. So we have K that you can talk to about your, your, your health and your concern about uh, uh, COVID or you have a headache or you've got a rash and you want to have uh, an understanding of what it might be. Um, so we can have that uh, data-driven, AI-driven conversation. Uh, but you also want to resolve the problem. You want to resolve your headache or you want to make sure uh, what you need to do in case you do have COVID or you need a drug refill or you need um, you, you need resolution for your problem, whether it's acute or chronic, big or small. You might need a referral to an expert. Um, so we also enable you to uh, press a button and be in front of a doctor um, at a cost of below your copay. And we made the price ready low to make it really easy for people to be able to uh, access the doctor, not agonizing about the cost of that. Um, and this, this, um, this service layer, KMD, is run by doctors that we are credentialed um, and work for us um, as a separate uh, KMD entity. And they use their own medical protocol that is fit for remote care. So they handle a lot of different things, uh, and many people have used it. We started that about, to, just to give you a sense, we started K just over four years ago. We launched our app um, in the U.S. about uh, two years ago uh, or two and a half years ago, and we launched KMD slowly, initially just in two states, and now in all 48 continental states. We started about a year and a half of users. Right. And so you're replacing the, the WebMD or the patient going on Google and, and typing in a question, but now they actually have a primary care physician at their fingertips. Yeah, we certainly, we certainly um, 
hopefully replaced for many people the need to scare themselves around wrong information. If you want to scare yourself around wrong information, start in Dr. Google. That's a great way to get yourself completely scared based on what doctors tell me is right. the most party relevant information. You have a chronic disease, even though your pain just started an hour ago or your symptom just started an hour ago. That's unlikely to be chronic. Um, you know, but, but, but there isn't online, there isn't a system where you can have a very detailed and relevant conversation around, you know, acute systems and, and chronic systems. Um, but I think, as you said, we move beyond that. We move, the goal is initially to provide you information, but then also be able to help you resolve it. You might want to go to any other doctor. I'm not stopping you and I'm very happy. And a lot of our users just use the free components of K and then they'll go to a doctor or do whatever, you know, they want to do. Um, maybe they're taking over the counter medication. Maybe they go and see their PCP, their primary care physician. Uh, but for many people, they can press a button and be in front of a doctor in five minutes and resolve the problem. Um, you know, why, why not? Uh, if, you, if you've got an issue that's concerning you right now, why try and see the doctor the next day or the following or a week later um, if you can resolve the problem right now? Right. And how many of these questions that your 4 million users are asking are fairly common and similar to what the next user is asking versus on the fringe or something that maybe K-Health hasn't seen before? Like, how did it react to COVID diagnoses and things like that? So K didn't know what COVID was. Right. Um, so the question is how fast can it learn for, for, from, from these things? So, co so it depends on data. So we could learn COVID quite fast because we had a lot of people on this and there was a lot of attention you know, on this. In the same way that medicine, I would argue, learned COVID quite quickly compared to another rare disease. Um, look, you, you, you always need to think about what your role is within medicine and within healthcare, right? Or as an information layer, right? If you're, um, if you're suffering from an abdominal pain or ache or, or symptom, uh, the vast majority of physicians, all physicians wouldn't consider the one in a million or one in a billion thing. That usually comes after weeks or even months of trying to figure out what you have, trying to test you, labs, x-rays, ultrasounds, etc., cetera, uh, trying to resolve it by changing lifestyle or stress or whatever else it is. Not everything is resolved like a sinusitis or, you know, a, a urinary tract infection in a fairly simple one visit. Now, to be fair, nothing in medicine is simple, right? Um, but we, we're not at the point right now that we're resolving incredibly rare genetic mutations that impact one in 10 million people. But to be clear, neither, neither is your primary care doing that. That usually happens later. And you need to remember there is a health journey that people go through. And as much as you want everything to be solved in one minute, uh, you can't do all of it in one minute. Certainly you need to send people to do labs, you need to send them to do tests, which we do, and then you get the results back. But if there's some specific uh, neurological issue or gastro issue, often people need to go to an expert that needs to look at it, you know, that further. Right. So we're learning these things, but you know, our, our bread and butter has been kind of primary care and, and, and and chronic care and even within that we're, we're still we're still learning and expanding right so does k health or when you're thinking about this uh, of where it goes from here 
how do you think about it? Is it just continuing to eliminate, not eliminate, but primary care physicians, they, consumers won't really go to their primary care as much anymore, or they'll replace that in entire behavior? Look, we, we employ many primary care physicians and ER physicians and pediatricians on our platform. So, you know, we have a lot of that already. I don't look at it so much as replacing, I'm replacing their wasted time. Right. I'm replacing the need to ask basic questions that an intelligent machine can collect and assemble and put in front of you. I'm replacing the need to deal with billing and bureaucracy. Our doctors don't deal with billing. They don't deal with money. They don't deal with insurance. Doctors spend a big chunk of their time do, doing that. Um, and I want doctors to focus on diagnosis and treatment. I want them to focus on the intelligent stuff. And that's where it will move more and more. So I want doctors to focus on harder and harder things. And I want intelligent, data-driven systems to be able to serve up information to a doctor so they can focus on the more nuanced stuff and more difficult stuff. Um, so in that respect, it's not... Um, it, you know, th that's a big problem. The, the other thing, let's just be clear. Th there's no, there's, there's not, there are not too many doctors. There are too few doctors. If I take a global view, I would argue half the planet doesn't have access to doctors. Not really. And right. even in the U.S., it's a very uneven healthcare system and not everybody has access to doctors. That's friction-free. That money and time and the ability to do in front of a doctor is just no-brainer. Yeah. So, so I so I just I just want to I just want to talk about that because I don't look at my goals is to create more or less productivity for doctors. That's that's a secondary point. So my goal is to give people access to really high quality medicine. That's my goal. Right. And part I need to do that just to make sure a doctor can spend time on what is important, and I don't want to waste money where it shouldn't be wasted by having a highly qualified professional dealing with stuff that's just, um, you know, just, just look, you know, stuff that a machine can do, frankly. Right. And can you share what the impetus for all this was? Because you were formerly the CEO of Wix and Room. So mm -hmm. how did you attract this problem? I was always fascinated by the way healthcare works and the way medicine works. I mean, you should be, it's, it's just, you know, these professionals that have studied for many years, this is not a, let me do a couple of courses and become my family doctor, right? And you're making really, really big decisions with a broad remit about how to uh, operate in, and, and work. Um, I, I, I started this in part because um, my dad had a stroke. Um, he had a rip me of his heart. He was 69. He was healthy. He was active and, 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 and doing fine and, and, you know, took care of himself. Uh, but he took Humidin which is a drug that's highly sensitive to uh, what you eat. And you need to look at, at a marker called your ENR, which is a, uh, a marker that looks at the, um, at the clotting. Um, and he used to go once a month to, to have this ENR checked as opposed to having this device at home. And so I didn't know, I knew he had arrhythmia, but I didn't know anything about it, didn't consider it an issue. I certainly didn't know it could lead to a stroke. And then when I dived in into this and uh, realized that, wow, you can actually uh, put a device at home and you can, you can monitor your ANR, I certainly would have encouraged him to do that. And he probably would have wanted to do it himself. Um, so from my perspective, um, 
he had a stroke for for no reason um and you know and and you know and he wasn't allowed to make those decisions other people made that decisions so for me fundamentally if i can de decide how to manage my money and what stocks to trade and what kind of vacation to take and exactly um you know the uh thread count on my uh on my sheets in my hotel and level of hotel and and how much I'm willing to pay for all these different things. And, you know, why can't I make those decisions about health? Yes, medicine's complicated, but so is managing your money is complicated. Right. And I'm going to argue this is more important. So that started. And I started this also in conversations with Adam, Adam Singalda and Ram Shaw and, and Israel Roth, my, my co-founders, around um, mistakes that doctors make in, in with hindsight mistakes they made around diagnosis or treatment and the lack of control we had so the whole goal was to provide people with with control uh for your health and it's it's not a it's a never-ending problem you always want to get better you want to incorporate genetics and wearables and other stuff but we wanted to start with the core was evidence-based medicine right and that's what i think you know wasn't good enough so we started with information with the desire to, to give people m much more control over information, which, which meant also data science and algorithms and a true ability to learn from data. Um, you know, and so that was our approach. But then, of course, if you can create the best AI or, or data science system on the planet that's really, really good in something and consumers don't understand it. So it can't be in complex, big words in Latin the doctors use because consumers won't understand it, right? Um, it has to be highly actionable. You need to understand. I can't just give you a bunch of information in statistics. You're, you're not a probability, you're a scenario, right? People don't have a 1% chance of having a dangerous condition. They either are likely to have it or unlikely to have it. Um, and so Therein lies, you know, the, the 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 complexity. You want to be able to help people understand this much, much better than other alternatives out there. Um, you want to give people control over this, and and you want to also enable them to be in front of a medical professional um, in, in in a way that they they don't think of the cost in terms of time or money, or anything else, right? Um, There's yeah. other data driven providers that have companies that have tried to do this in the past, patients like me, I think Galileo is another one trying to do it now. How do you think about the space overall and where maybe others have fallen short or are approaching it from a different angle, just macroeconomically on the entire kind of that, that space of data-driven and evidence-based? Look, I, I, don't, I don't want to comment on, on any specific company. Um, yeah. I think there are a lot of claims and a lot of well-meaning people and there is uh, certainly a lot of interesting projects that people are working on. Uh, the reality is, if you remember, Watson came out with this AI right. doc and all that kind of stuff. And, and to put it mildly, it was incongruent with what they built. Um, and they no longer uh, speak about that. I think fundamentally, the complexity of taking doctors, data scientists, mathematicians, software engineers, product people and designers and putting them all in the room and making sure you're building something that is, by the way, also HIPAA compliant and um, fits, you know, state and federal regulations is not easy. This is not an e-commerce 
catalog we're putting online. You'll never see conversations in K about money. You see conversations in K about usage and whether it's a clinical setting or not and how it should be used. Um, that's an incredibly tough thing to do. Um, you know, this is not a neat piece of software that's clean, that there's no service, there's no people, here's a catalog, press a button. At the most basic level, if we're also making sure if we're delivering a, a drug to your house, it needs to be on the correct dosage 100% of the time. You can't make mistakes. This is not, oh, oops, I sent you the wrong, the, the wrong package to your house, right? So everything needs to be incredibly high fidelity, high quality, and, and very high comfort in terms of our medical audit. Um, you know, and then if people use our service layer, we also need to be comfortable that very comfortable with our doctors. So that's why we have a separate service entity that, that, that we finance, but it's run independently. And that service entity it credentials its own doctors. These are all board certified physicians um, and um, has its own remote care protocol based based on the fact that they're using remote staff and based on the fact that they're using K and we, we built our, our EMR. So I think doing that is really, really tough. Of course, I th hopefully several people do it because do it there are various problems to tackle. Right. But anybody who thinks that you can take 500 um, medical conversations, what doctors call uh, vignettes or medical vignettes that uh, include diabetes and headache and stomach ache and rashes and and, and broken limbs and, and dental pain and whatever. And based on that, you can build a rule-based system and, and, and then just for good measure, just call it data science or AI. You know, I, I beg to differ. I, I think it's really tough to do. Medicine is incredibly complicated. Um, and, you know, I don't think anybody would want to go to a doctor and a doctor said, hey, good news, bad news, good news. I'm really good in their super easy stuff. So right. if it's indeed your headache is in seed sinusitis, I'm going to get it right. But, you know, if it's a more complicated stuff that involves further thinking, I just don't know it. That's not a doctor you want to go to see, right? You want it to, you're, you're, we, you're calm after seeing a doctor because the doctor also considers more complex, more rare stuff, right? So therein lies, you know, the, the, the complexity of medicine. This is not a easy profession. It's highly nuanced. You, that's why people like to go to highly experienced physicians. And you know, and 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 there, and this this is not this is not trivial to say the least. And, and you know, there there is always judgment in medicine. The judgment might not mean huge life changing things in many cases, but sometimes you know they they, they do. Yeah. What are the? I mean, you just touched on it, but what are the biggest challenges you face launching this business? Is it regulation in the U.S.? Has it been collaborative to work with payers and regulators on a company like this, or has it just been? A challenge. So we have a partnership with um, Anthem Blue Cross, who are okay. big partners for us, and um, uh, we have an SDK into their into their offering, and they've been promoting it, and, and will continue to do so. Um, you know, uh, down the road, and I think uh, they get it. Um, we, do, you know, a lot of people about fifty. Uh, fifty percent of our users on K are, sorry, actually a little bit more than that. About sixty percent of users on K are insured. Not all of them through through Anthem, um, 
And so there's there must be in the actual in, in the cost saving department of, of various payers, there must be people that high five every time somebody uses K because I don't send them the bill and they save the hundred bucks. Um, but, you know, I think it really depends. Some of them are pure payers or for the most part, pure, pure insurer payers, people like Anthem. Some of them are payers that also have big provider businesses like like United. Um, so our, our work with Anthem, you know, has been good. You know, they've been, you know, uh, real partners you know, around what we're doing. Um, but, you know, it, it's a big, complex system and there's more and more stuff we want to do, you know, over time. Okay. Thanks a lot. I know we're out of time, but I appreciate you joining me for this. No, I appreciate it. Thanks for having me, Kunal. Talk soon. Awesome.